Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. This is where you find all things related to horror and science fiction and fantasy and the crazy, the weird, the little scene, the gems and the rough. And today, uh, I am going to be focusing on the studio Full Moon Entertainment, and uh, in particular, uh, Charles Band. And I'm going to give you a little bit of history on him and kind of what he uh, uh, what he does, what he has been doing, and then get into some of their movies. And there is a an extensive library of movies from Full Moon, and uh, and so I'm going to be hitting on on some of them as well as the era that I grew up watching those movies. So um so basically Full Moon Entertainment kind of came to be uh before uh well act actually let me let me rephrase this after his uh, defunct company Empire Pictures. And Empire Pictures made stuff like uh Ghoulies and Reanimator um uh, I'll tell you, Empire was like, that was where it was at. Empire was awesome back in the day. Um, and then they went from from that to to Full Moon. But there is a ton of cool stuff from, from Empire. Uh, Intruder, I'm just going to read off a couple here real quick. Intruder, um, Prison, that was Rennie Harlan's first movie. Uh, Ghoulies 1 and 2. And, and some of the, I mean, these are soft underbelly type movies here, so just bear with me. Uh, Dolls, which is a fantastic Stuart Gordon movie from the 80s. Um, Rawhead Rex, which was a Clive Barker adaption from one of his books, I believe from one of his novel, uh, uh, short stories in the Books of Blood. And of course, from Beyond, uh, The Eliminators, Crawl Space, um, Breeders, Trancers is in there, but um, I always I, I think that tra- I thought the Trancers was full moon, and I I didn't much care for Trancers at all. Um, but um, anyway, uh, Reanimator of course, which is I think the highlight of what they did back in the day. Uh, so anyway, so they went from um, from em- from Empire to Full Moon, uh, and it became uh, basically. Due to financial problems, uh, um, they went out of business, and uh, the studio was originally situated in Rome, Italy, and uh, uh, and today MGM is the current owner of a majority of the Empire Pictures library, which is one of the reasons why uh, some of these are seeing the light of day, like on uh, on Scream Factory, because uh, MGM has a licensing deal with Scream Factory, so that's why some of these little scene movies are are coming out. Um, anyway, so Full Moon was uh, was formed then a, a year later, and they specialized in horror, fantasy, genre films, all that good stuff. Uh, they did uh, they did try a family oriented movie company called Moonbeam Entertainment, uh, which is odd, but uh, it, it lasted for uh, seven years, maybe. Um, so there's that. And, and I mean, they have a bunch of, of movies in there. Uh, just, it's funny looking over their, 
their list of films from Moonbeam Entertainment, uh, Prehysteria, Remote, Dragon World, Prehysteria Part 2, Beanstalk, Magic Island, uh, Prehysteria 3, and then a series of Josh Kirby movies, I guess. Eggs from 70 Million B.C., Trapped in Toy World, Journey to the Magic Cavern. These are all Josh Kirby movies. Um, Mystery Monsters. Anyway, yeah, uh, I'm not going to spend any time on those at all. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's kind of a little bit of the history. Uh, so for a short time, fans could buy a line of toys based on characters from the films that they were coming out with. And i got to say uh, that back in the... Uh, back in the 90s, the 90s were not good for horror at all, and a lot of fans had to rely on on home video to get their really good horror fix instead of the cheesy watered down horror that was coming into theaters. Which was it was just a, a, this this was at a time where just things were not like they are now, and even back in the 80s. I mean, this was just kind of a dry landscape, and so. Uh, like I said, people looked to video, and Full Moon was there to to fill some of those needs, and obviously, you know, companies like Troma and uh, and all that good stuff. And this was still in the days of VHS. You know, we're, we're talking about the very, very late '80s, basically all through the '90s. DVD didn't come out until about 1997. So. Um, it, People could buy people could buy toys for these things because this this did take off and there there is some very popular uh, movies uh, through through uh, Full Moon Entertainment. So um, let me just pull up the uh, Full Moon Entertainment uh, here. So Full Moon um, they also had this innovative video zone feature at the end of the films and that was through 1989 and it's still going on today. They have these video zones and that's kind of their own little making of type of type of thing. So um, I think that's kind of cool. Full Moon Entertainment lasted from 89 to 1995, uh, but they have been revived from... Uh, they, went, they went from Full Moon Productions, Full Moon Entertainment, and then Full Moon Studios, Full Moon Pictures from 1995 to 2002. Um, because in 1995, due to the direct-to-video marketing losing interest in financial ground... With the rental market, um, Full Moon separated from distributor Paramount and Full Moon's um, Halloween production in 1995. Castle Freak was released on video unrated. So they went from partnering up with with uh, Paramount, and I believe that's where some of their bigger budgets came into play, to especially like for Puppet Master, uh, to uh, to not to it went from there to much lower budget stuff. So. Um, they they still uh, are doing stuff, which I think is really really cool. Um, and from 2004 to, to the present, it was, it's the return of Full Moon Pictures and the birth of Full Moon Features. And um, uh, I can't say that I've seen any of his more more recent stuff. Um, I, I've heard not good things. Uh, the Ginger Dead Man and. Uh, um, there's in 2012, Video Zone was brought back and it made the return of also Puppet Master X Axis Rising, and, which I heard was just terrible, and I haven't seen it, so I don't want to pass judgment on it. But uh, anyway, but they do have some very notable releases. 
in their library, and I want to I want to hit on some of them. Uh, Puppet Master being the biggest, and it's Full Moon's. It was their first franchise, and it was inspired by earlier uh, an earlier Empire film, Dolls, which was um, which was a success, and it, obviously they were piggybacking off of United Artists' success with pup or with a Child's Play the year prior. So uh, Puppet Master spawned seven sequels. Uh, parts two and three, four, five, and then they get into Curse of the Puppet Master, Retro Puppet Master, Puppet Master Legacy, uh, Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, um, and then Puppet Master Axis of Evil, and then Puppet Master Axis Rising. Uh, those were from 2010 and 2012. Uh, on top of Puppet Master, there's also the subspecies vampire series and Trancers. As much as I did not like Trancers one, there is uh, two, three, four, uh, five, and six. So eh, he just kept on pumping them out. Uh, Killjoy, uh, Demonic Toys was a uh, honestly that was almost a ripoff of their very own Puppet Master series to begin with. Um, and they had a couple of, of sequels to that. Like I said, Dollman vs. Demonic Toys is in there, and um, Bad Channels, uh, Demonic Toys, Personal Demons. Well, I was from 2010, so that's a newer one. Uh, Dr. Mordred was uh, another more flashy-type movie from them. Dragon World was a Moonbeam movie. Pit in the Pendulum was... That was a biggie, I think, uh, from Stuart Gordon... Uh, retelling of the classic Edgar Allan Poe movie uh, story, uh, and obviously the the Vincent Price movie. Um, then Prehistory was again, like I said, that was a family movie, uh, and then there's a couple other ones, but ugh, oh man. So uh, anyway, there's a little bit of the history of uh, he's just been around for a long time, putting out a lot of movies, a lot, lot, lot of movies, uh, and so I'm going to today. I want to just hit on some of the Puppet Master movies. I have seen the first five uh, Puppet Master movies, and they certainly range in quality. And I will say that um, that the Blu-rays certainly add to your enjoyment of, of the movie. Uh, I grew up watching these on VHS, and I used to work at a video store, and that's how I saw all these movies, is working at the video store... Um, I you know you'd see these cool covers because they they do have cool covers. In fact, I kind of got wise towards the end. I'm like, okay, uh, it's another full moon movie, which you know, set expectations to low. But in the beginning, it was oh cool. There's these you know there's a vampire on the cover and big fangs and long fingernails and ooh there's these dolls with sharp objects in their hands and that looks so cool. Um, amongst other things that they were doing, so. The 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 covers pulled you in definitely. I'm just thinking of of some other movies that they had. Arcade. There's so many movies that they had, uh, and the covers were so good that they were for the most part a, a success back then. Um, and Puppet Master. At least, I will say this: at least Puppet Master, especially the first three, are certainly, uh, in my opinion, for horror fans, are very enjoyable movies. They're not. They're not the best things you'll ever see, but they're they're good movies. Uh, so, and I want to touch on the especially the first three. And I, if I get to uh, parts uh, four and five, uh, I will. But um, 
let's see here, Puppet Master, uh, basically, and I've got the Blu-ray here, um, I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray cover, uh, Alex Whitaker and three other gifted psychics are investigating rumors that the secret of life has been discovered by master puppeteer Andre Toulon. But the psychics quickly discover Toulon's secret of death in the form of five killer puppets, each one uniquely qualified for murder and mayhem. Tunneler has a nasty habit of boring holes in people with his drill-bit head. Mrs. Leech regurgitates killer leeches that suck her victims dry. Pinhead strangles his enemies with his powerful vice-like hands. Blade has a gleaming hook on one hand and a razor-sharp knife for the other. And Jester, the ruthless brains of the bunch, is absolutely merciless. Together, they're an army of skilled assassins, diabolically programmed to guard the deadly secrets of the Puppet Master. Uh, and this has special effects from David Allen, who uh, did special effects for Willow and Batteries Not Included. Um, uh, and I will say that, uh, that the stop motion and the, the effects in the first, uh, at least the first three puppet master movies, especially the first one are very, very good. Uh, it's, it's enough reason to watch the movie in my opinion. Uh, I think that, that, that it holds its own and it, it is enough reason to watch the movie itself is for the very well done, uh, puppet effects. So, um, Anyway, uh, I just wanted to get into, and this was directed by uh, uh, David Schmoller, and he also did um, he did a whole bunch of stuff for uh, for Full Moon. He directed um, 1979's Taurus Trap and uh, Crawl Space, and Crawl Space is that's an interesting story in and of itself because he worked with Klaus Kinski, and he has stories to tell about that. I saw that on the special features on the Blu-ray of that one. Um, he did Catacombs, which I did, I did not much care for, but then he did Puppet Master and Netherworld. Um, uh, actually, I thought that he did more, I thought that he did more, um, full moon stuff than that, but I guess that's all he did. Uh, I think that the director of part two had done a bunch of other stuff for, uh, for full moon. So I'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but anyway, um, so there's the plot of the movie, and uh, it, the, the the music is good. It's a very well made movie. In fact, I would say that this, uh, and I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't think it got a, a theatrical release. But it it could have. This would be definitely one that could fall into the good enough for that would have warranted a theatrical release. Um, it's funny. The uh, I'm going to go through some of the trivia here. Uh, there's a finger slicing scene, and the bud, the blood was dyed green to avoid an X rating. And let me tell you, th- these movies are quaint now. Uh, back then, though, we're still dealing with with uh, prosthetic effects and not CGI and really, really, really harsh uh, ratings board that was just butchering movies left and right, and it's which is just unfortunate. Um, so, anyway, um, some other notes here. In 1999 interview with horror movie website The Terror Trap, uh, Schmoller admitted that the reason he was not involved in the rest of the Puppet Master series, aside from the character credit, was that it would reveal that someone else besides Full Moon CEO Charles Band shared in the creation of Full Moon's biggest franchise. Schmoller was never even approached to do a director's commentary for the first Puppet Master movie when it first arrived onto DVD. In the same interview, he also mentioned that Band still owes him residuals. And uh, I have heard that Band has his own way of doing things, and 
I, that I don't I don't want to say for sure, but I have heard that on chat boards and all over online that that um, there has been issues with him. So, but I I don't know the guy. I, I appreciate the fact that he's that he's brought the world a ton of cheap horror movies. I so that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, the the blade puppet in in this movie was based on uh, David Schmoller, Klaus Kinski that uh, David Schmoller uh, directed in Crawl Space. I think that's kind of kind of odd and interesting. Um, Charles Band's explanation for how he came up with the title Puppet Master goes back to his early days working with Empire Pictures. He worked on a film called The Dungeon Master in 1984 and said that he had many fans coming up to him saying that he lo- that they loved the title. He always had been fascinated with little dolls and figurines coming to life and when he wanted to make a movie on living puppets he remembered how much positive feedback he received from the dr- the dungeon master. He then simply decided to call the film Puppet Master instead. So and I've watched uh, Dungeon Master. It's bad. Uh but it's fun uh for what it is, you know, it's it's uh it is what it is. Uh, now, I do see here, it was originally intended to be released into theaters in the summer of 1989 and onto home video in September 1989. Uh, then it was pushed to uh, October 12, 1989 as a direct-to-video release as producer Charles Band had stated in an interview that he would make more money in the direct-to-video field than he would in the theatrical market. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. But to, to show that these movies, um, although they are cheaper, low-budget movies, there is still something to be said about, you know, real effects and prosthetic effects and all that stuff. It took five puppeteers to operate the Blade puppet in, in this movie, uh, as well as then some some stop-motion type stuff, and it works so well, and it works so well, um, it works so well instead of doing the, the fake cop-out CGI stuff to actually, it's like, you're actually watching, like, a little handcrafted doll running around trying to kill people. And these movies are, like I said, they're very quaint. It's not like uh, you don't necessarily have to be a horror fan to watch these and and get a kick out of them because they are they're silly fun, in my opinion. They're not to be taken seriously, and they're they they set out to do exactly what their covers show you what they're going to do, which is little killer dolls and. Uh, silly actors running around trying to get away from said puppets. So, uh, anyway, that's Puppet Master. Uh, Two and three, and I want to bring up two in particular, uh, because this one here, the Blu-ray of this thing is ridiculous. Um, It's so good. No, I hate to say this, but no movie that's this low of a budget. Uh, this the budget was under a million dollars, seven hundred eighty thousand dollars. This thing looks fantastic, uh, and I remember reading before I bought the Blu-ray. I remember reading reviews of it saying, "You've got to see the transfer on this thing. It is amazing." And I, I've just watched these movies on VHS. I don't think I've ever watched them on DVD. It's strictly been VHS, at least the first three. And so watching the Blu-ray, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this is this is great." So. Uh, this is one, especially part two. The the uh, the transfer is fantastic. So, 
I'm going to read the back of the box here real quick. Uh, you can't keep a good man down or a puppet master buried. As Tunneler, Leechwoman, Pinhead, and the rest of the puppets return to exhume their beloved creator in Puppet Master 2, the sequel to the hit horror fest Puppet Master. This time, the little devils are after the special fluid that keeps them alive, which is only found in human brains. Of course! Where else? Lucky for the puppets, a new team of paranormal researchers have come to the hotel to investigate its murder-soaked past. Uh, the puppets, led by a new member, the flamethrowing Torch, are happy to shed some light on the brain matter, waka waka, as they tunnel, burn, strangle, and hook to survive. And uh, David Allen has us the special effects in this one as well. And um, I also wanted um, to uh, make a special mention of the first one. Uh, one of the stars of the first one is, um, uh, let me just see here. William Hickey, and he is actually, uh, he actually plays, uh, uh, let me just get out my, my notes here, um, Andre Toulon, and uh, he's got 93 credits, the guy has been in a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff, and it, he's one of those where if you see him, you're like, oh, him, okay, yeah, I, I know him, he was in this and this and this. He was actually a, a priest in The Sentinel, a 1977 movie that I've talked about already. Very good movie. Um, and he's been in some other stuff, too. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff, actually. So uh, there is, there is, uh, there are actual, you know, somewhat known actors in some of these movies. It's not just, it's not just no-name actors. Uh, but Puppet Master 2, uh, I will say it's not as, not as entertaining as the first one. Uh, David Allen directed it, and uh, David Allen, um, just looking through his uh, director, okay, I guess he just did uh, Puppet Master 2. Um, for some reason, there, I know that there is uh, there's a couple directors that did numerous movies for, for Full Moon, and I, I thought it was uh, him, but it was not, so... I stand corrected on that, uh, but anyway, uh, it's it, like I said, it's not quite as good as the first one, but it's still it's still very very enjoyable. Mr. Punch, the lead doll uh, doll in the movie Dolls from 1987, is featured in a background shelf in Andre Toulon's hotel room. I think that's really cool because Dolls is a great movie, uh, so I like that they tied that in a little bit. Um, four different port torch puppets were used during the production of the movie. Each puppet was designed differently for certain scenes, and um, the torch puppet that is used in the flamethrowing scenes can shoot out a flame as long as 10, so 10 feet long. So this was an actual real thing that that, uh, that was used and worked. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I, it's silly, but it's fun. I enjoy it, and um, I think it's a certainly a, a worthy follow-up to the very cool first Puppet Master. And then we get into Puppet Master 3, Toulon's Revenge. I'm going to read the back of the Blu-ray on this one. And this is another great transfer, although not quite as good as two, but very, very good. Uh, after hearing that Andre Toulon's puppets have no strings, but rather seem to have a life of their own, Dr. Hess, a, a Gestapo henchman during World War II, sends the Gestapo to the theater to kidnap them. During the melee, Toulon's wife, uh, Elsa, is killed, and Toulon is whisked away by the Nazis. However, on the way to headquarters, the puppets attack the Gestapo and attack... Uh, and escape the Gestapo and escape with Toulon. Now Toulon begins to plan his revenge. He creates a new puppet, Six Shooter, 
uh, models Blade after a pasty-faced Nazi and uses Elsa's essence to create Leech Woman. Now Toulon's army is ready to get even and take revenge. This is a cool movie. This might be my favorite one of the series of the ones that I've watched. I think that uh, the World War II setting is really good. It, had, it has the same budget, $780 million. Or $780 million. Geez. You can tell it's Monday morning and I had a late night of... Uh, shenanigans on movie freaks podcast last night so i'm uh, i'm i'm dragging today a little bit but anyway seven hundred eighty thousand dollars was the budget but it it's it is on the screen the budget's up there i like the fact that i mean it's it's just comical you've got these non-actors dressed up like nazis running around uh it's it's comical but again the the effects are still good and uh, I like the storyline. It moves at an extremely fast pace, very fast. Um, it's uh, it's certainly more violent than part two. Part two is almost more fantasy than horror. Uh, it, it just it was a lot more of that fantasy type element versus versus this one here that goes certainly more horror. And uh, so I I liked that. Uh, but anyway, enjoyable, very very enjoyable. I. I think that you should check it out. Um, okay, so next up is Puppet Master. I'm just going to hit briefly on Puppet Masters 4 and 5. These were filmed together and uh, and then split up into two movies. And this one here is where things start to go south. Jeff Burr directed this one, and maybe, maybe it's Jeff Burr that I'm thinking of. He did do uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, and he's done some other stuff. As well, I actually he's got a fairly nice filmography. Uh, the Offspring from 1987 was a great movie, um, and he did yeah Puppet Masters four and five. Night of the Scarecrow was really good. Um, so anyway, yeah, Stepfather Part two, but he's done some good stuff. Uh, so uh, Puppet Master four, and I did like this. Uh, the the DVD looks just terrible. It's almost unwatchable, but. I did like the storyline, and, and this is very much more of a fantasy movie again instead of horror. Uh, the plot s- summary is a young scientist working on an artificial intelligence project is the target of strange gremlin-like creatures who are out to kill him and thus terminate his research. By coincidence, in one of the rooms he uses, there's a mysterious case containing the puppets of the puppet master. When the puppets are brought to life, they help destroy the creatures. So now, because the other puppet master movies were such a success... They went and turned the puppets into good guys. So now they're good guys. Um, this movie here is, um, is because it was split up into two movies, it almost feels a little bit incomplete. It's only 79 minutes long. So in, you know you tack on a beginning and end credits, you're looking at 75 minutes tops. Um, they, I would say, taking stuff from Puppet Master 5 and incorporating it into this movie, they could have had a, a really cool two-hour movie instead of breaking it up, and it, then it kind of just... It feels a little bit incomplete, yet it drags at the same time, and it just didn't quite work for me. You can tell the budget is certainly lower than the other ones, uh, but it's still fun. It's still back in the glory days where they were uh, they were using pro- real effects and not, not silly CGI stuff. Um, but anyway, um, I, I've only watched Puppet Master 4 and Puppet Master 5 one time each. 
and if, and and that's that's it so far. I have a feeling that once these hit Blu-ray and they're really really cheap, I will probably end up picking up. Um, end up picking them up on the cheap if I can. Uh, the Puppet Master 5, the final chapter, eh, Puppets Battle, their most par- terrifying, powerful enemy yet, as they protect the new Puppet Master from the demon god that created the secret of life. And again, they're, they're silly, barely R-rated, um, certainly good for one watch, I suppose, but... Uh, Nah, you know, don't don't run out to to find these movies. If you're gonna watch any Puppet Masters, the first three are where you where you should start. If you really like them, check out four and five. And I can't comment on any of the others after that because I did not see them. So uh, anyway, so that covers the uh, just a brief history of Full Moon and Charles Band and Puppet Masters. I do want to talk at some point more uh, about some of their other movies because they do have some really cool gems in the rough. There are some good. Uh, vampire movies that they have, uh, but uh, I'll get to that later. But uh, anyway, that's going to do it for my show today. Uh, again, I apologize if I sound like I'm dragging because uh, it was it was a rough one last night. We had a good time. Uh, but anyway, you can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com for any questions or comments or movies I should watch, movies I shouldn't watch. Uh, if you have any suggestions, all that good stuff, I'm all ears, of course. And then uh, stay tuned for a very, very amusing upcoming Movie Freaks. You can find us on YouTube as well as Facebook and soon to be hitting iTunes. But let me tell you, we uh, it was an interesting taping last night. We, uh, we, we were all over the place, trust me. It was fun. You'll see. Uh, and of course, our friends at Cinema Sidekicks. We always enjoy uh, hearing what they have to say about new releases and their take on movies. It's very uh, different than than ours, and I like that. I like that we're all bringing our own opinions and thoughts and all that good stuff to to the wonderful world of movie making and everything that it entails. So uh, that's going to do it for me today. I appreciate you listening. Stay tuned for uh, another upcoming Soft Underbelly. I'm not sure. I'm going to be getting a little bit more busy with some work stuff uh, and as well as juggling life with kids. And I'm a guitar player, learning how to play guitar. So there's a lot going on. So I still want to do as many shows a week as I can, but it'll probably be backing off some uh, in order to fulfill some other obligations. But rest assured, Soft Underbelly lives on and will continue to live on. And you're going to be hearing me at the very least once a week, but hopefully several times. So until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 